There are so many metrics you might hear in a real estate investment opportunity. You have cash on cash, equity multiples, average annual returns, and IRRs. Now, it can get a bit confusing if you don't know what to look for, but I wanted to talk about how we judge our investment strength and the number one metric we look at to determine the value of an opportunity for our investors. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, managing partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Now, however you choose to evaluate your passive investment opportunities is totally up to you, but there's a few holes in these metrics that I want to point out and tell you why we use the metric that we use as our chief indicator of a good investment. Now, let's start with cash on cash. It's essentially how much of your return comes from cash flow. So if you put in $100,000 and you receive $10,000 your first year, well, you have a cash on cash return that year of 10%, which is really incredible, especially for year one. Now, it's really, really rare to find that. Now, some people when talking about cash on cash will use the average cash on cash throughout the lifetime of the property or the opportunity. So in that scenario, let's say you hold the property for three years. Cash on cash year one is 10%, year two is 11%, and year three is 12%. Well, average those out, and you have an average cash on cash return of 11%. Again, that's a really good cash return. But here's where this metric falls short. Now, depending on the investment type, cash on cash might look low if there's a really heavy value add opportunity, meaning you buy it at a low price because it's maybe dilapidated or a distressed property, use cash to upgrade the units, and then sell it at a higher price. So let's say you take that same scenario again, except there's a heavy value add portion to it. Well, year one might have a return of just 1%, year two of 2%, and year three of 3%. But let's say after three years, the plan is to sell the property and the projections say you'll double your money. If you're just judging the investment based on the cash on cash return, you miss out on a great opportunity to double your money in just a few years. Now let's talk about equity multiples. Now, equity multiple means how much does your money multiply? So if you put in $100,000 in investment and the investment is projected to pay you back $100,000, well, that's a one equity multiple. That's a really bad deal. You're not getting anything. You're just getting your money back. Now, if it returns you $200,000, that's a two equity multiple. So you're doubling your money. Again, this seems great, but what equity multiples don't take into account is time. Now, doubling your money in, let's say, three to five years would be great, but doubling your money in, let's say, 15 years would not be so great. So equity multiple fails to take into account the time your money is locked up in an investment or the time it will take for you to hit that multiple. Now, some investors measure their investments by average annual return, meaning if the property projects to turn $100,000 into $200,000 in five years, That's a 20% average annual return. Again, that's really good. But this metric doesn't take into account time. Now, if you have two properties, both projecting an average annual return of 20%, one property doubles your money in five years and you get almost no return years one through four, you get all your return at sale, but the other property projects 20% your first year, then 20 your second, then 20 your third, 
you're again, don't have an apples to apple measurement of these two properties because one is going to be more valuable because you're getting return every single year versus the other one where let's say you get no return years one through four, then at the end of year five, you get all of the return. So it doesn't take into account how long your money is locked up. Now, that's why our favorite metric is called an IRR, an internal rate of return. Now, I won't get into how you calculate IRR. It's a really complex formula that is typically done in Excel. But what IRR does that the other metrics fail to do is adjust for the time value of money, meaning money is more valuable to you now than it is in the future due to inflation and the lack of ability to use that money in other investments if it's tied up in other opportunities. Meaning if you have two investment opportunities, again, both projecting to double your money in five years, but property A pays out more of that investment in years one through four and property B pays out again that entire investment in year five, investment A will have a higher IRR as it returns money to you sooner so that now you can put that money into other investments or spend it a few years before inflation. Now, IRR also takes into account all income from the investments, so cash returns, refinance returns, and sale returns, and calculates how much of that return is quote-unquote lost due to time, and gives an even metric that can actually be used across many investment types, not just real estate. So some people will use IRR to calculate a stock opportunity versus a real estate versus a venture capital opportunity as well. So for us, we like to measure our opportunities primarily by calculating the IRR. So our investors can also have an understanding of how quickly their investment is being returned and paid in addition to the amount returned. I hope you found this episode valuable. And if you want to learn more about investing in multifamily real estate, be sure to download our free ebook. The link is in the show notes, the definitive guide to building generational wealth and passive cash flow through multifamily real estate. If you learned something, please consider giving us a rating and review on the platform you're listening on. And if you have feedback on the episode or the show in general, or just have questions for me, reach out via email through my email address also listed in the show notes. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me and I hope to see you on the next episode.